0: Man, I'm so glad you're here, and this, uh, this morning has already been good. Man, I think we could go home, but i got to earn my paycheck, and so I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> preach. You know, preachers only work one day a week, and that's half a day, so I better go ahead and get this thing done. <laughs> uh, that's not right. We had about this many people, maybe more, at the volunteer dinner, the volunteer deal on Wednesday night, and it was absolutely amazing. Almost, I I don't know what the percentage is of our church that that volunteers, but it is incredibly high. And uh, we also have incredible participation in small groups. Brandon was telling me that nine of those small groups are going to continue through the summer, so you can still get connected to that. Men, by the way, this is all advertisement you can go online and sign up for the men's retreat. We have a minimum of 60 that we had to pay for, so you can go ahead and sign up now. That would be fantastic. Some have already done so. Um, it's going to be in Bryson City. The dates are somewhere, in the, I think it's the mid, of, mid middle of October, like the 15th, 17th, something like that. You have to check. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, uh, we'll go on Thursday night, stay all day Friday, and come back Saturday afternoon. Um, It's going to be fantastic. So uh, go ahead and get signed up for that. We're going to continue today in our series. Last week we talked about the Trinity. And uh, how many were here last week? Cool. If you weren't here, we've got some notes out there at the lobby uh, information table that you could take. The Trinity is a deep topic and one that's not easy to preach on. And uh, last week we did our best to cover six pages of notes. And we did it. Yeah, we did it. And, uh, and, and it's amazing. But, but, but what, you, what you have to remember, and the, the topics were this, that they, all three of the Trinity are God. And they all are God. Uh, they all have uh, different roles. And that the Holy Spirit is uh, subordinate to Jesus and the Father. And Jesus is subordinate to the Father, even though they're all God. And the reason that's important is is because that's the relationship that he wants us to understand. As far as we are uh, in the church, he wants us to understand that that we're all we're all equal, but we are have different assignments. Uh, that's the way it works in church. That's the way it works in marriage. You know, the the, the world needs to understand that that we're equal in marriage, but we are also have those different roles, and there is subordination. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how even in Scripture it says, you know, it even says submit to one another. But we, we you know, there are times that we submit to one another's strength. But there's this submission going on in, in marriages, and, and it's likened to the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The reason I bring that up it's because we're going to study today the priesthood of the believer. And we're going to understand, we're going to, we're going to study priest, the, the role of priest and what God intended and, and what church is supposed to be today. We're going to kind of look at all those things. And, and the reason being is, is because God used the priesthood to graft us into the relationship with the Trinity. Let me tell you how that uh, came about. If you remember Charlton Heston, <laughs> uh, and now we may, we may, uh, we, for some generations, they might not even know who Charlton Heston. You know, they might not even seen that old movie. It's one of the ones that probably has the little glitches or stuff. And that's an old one, but anyway, <laughs> he, <coughs> the story is, of course, that the Israelites are imprisoned in captivity in Egypt. God sends Moses to Egypt to be their deliverer, which Moses means deliverer. He he moves them uh, from a place of captivity to a place of freedom in the wilderness. And he creates a nation of God. They are chosen people, chosen by God to be a holy nation. Right? And so they get out there and they get out in the wilderness. You know, they cross the Red Sea, they go through baptism. I mean, I, I can get into all kinds of things as we walk down this road that God is showing us what it means to be in the church. And then they come to the Mount of Sinai. And the Spirit of God is there. And there's an invitation to all the people to come up Mount Sinai. Come on up. And, 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 and they said, no, 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 no we're, we're, we're too scared to go up. You go. And so they send Moses to the top. They were invited into the presence of the Lord. They're fearful of the presence of the Lord. They decide they're not going to do it the way God asks them to. They're going to send Moses. So they send Moses, and Moses becomes the priest. And then Aaron is assigned that task, but Moses is in the presence of the Lord. Aaron is in the presence of the Lord. And they come down with assignment. And that assignment is to establish the tabernacle. Now The tabernacle was established. So you really need to get a hold of this because we, we have this big religious spiritual ideology about this thing and it really boils down to this simple idea that God just wants a relationship with you. It's just a really simple idea. It's the simple idea that He is holy and we are not. It's the simple idea that he, he wants to be able to come into relationship with us but He can't because if He did it would kill us. Because he can't be around sin. And so if we came into God's presence in our sinful state, we would immediately die. That's why he had them tie bells around the ankles of the, of the robe of the high priest when they'd go in. If they died and they didn't hear the bells and they'd know to drag him out. He had a rope around his foot. And, and the high priest, when he'd go into the Holy of Holies where he would Where he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, not the grace seat. First for himself, so that he would be spotless, so that he could offer, his sins would be forgiven, he would now be spotless. Then he could offer an intercessory gift for the sins of the people and he would sprinkle blood on the altar for the sins of the people as well. And he did that once a year and he was called the great high priest. What was the purpose of him doing that? The single purpose for him doing that is so that the people could experience the presence of the Lord. Relationship. I, I, I want you to be able to enter in with me. And so I'm going to provide a way for you to do that. And that was called, that was done through the priest. Correct? So, so Jesus comes. And Jesus comes in in perfect authority, underneath perfect authority and perfect submission. And he comes and he comes to the garden and he's handed this cup, which represents the blood that's going to go on the mercy seat. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, he says to the Father, Lord, take this cup. If you can, take this cup from me. What I, what I love about this picture is that he trusted God so that he doesn't say, God, Father, can, can, can we not do this another way? You know, your plan's stupid. Not only is this it stupid, it's going to hurt, it's going to be hard, it's going to be painful. I don't want to do that. I mean, surely you could come up with a better idea than that. Isn't that the way we respond to God sometimes when He asks us to do something that's hard? You know, as if He has something bad planned for us instead of something good. That's beside the point. That's off. Us. That's beside the point. But Jesus says, sure, I'll I'll do that. And it says about Jesus that that when he died, he he went into the Holy of Holies. He he went into, the the, the tabernacle is a picture of, of what's in heaven. And so he goes into the real one and he sprinkles his blood on the mercy seat. The real mercy seat. And he makes atonement once and for all for your sin and mine. So he is once and for all the great high priest. And so he he was without sin. He didn't have to make atonement for himself. He just made atonement for you and me. And so now there is no reason to make atonement again. Ever. You never have to make atonement again for your sins. Once and for all, Jesus did it. And he invites you into this place of relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he invites you into that relationship as priest. Look at what it says in regard to everything I just told you in 1 Peter. As the Holy Spirit writes in Peter, it says, but you, you, look to the person to the left and to the right and say, you to man, you to woman, you are a chosen generation. You're the one that I rescued out of captivity, that I have promised for. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're my own special people. And and you are that so that you can proclaim the praises of Jesus who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You're a priest chosen by God. You know, Jesus calls the church his bride and He's the bridegroom. It's it's that intimate relationship again that you see that God's trying to establish with us that that we actually see that all He really cares about is that relationship. Now when you saw what was going on and the picture that we get of this this working of the priest is, is they really needed and wanted and understood that if the presence of God didn't go with them, It was going to be a mess. And so so the presence was a cloud by day and fire by night. And they never moved unless the cloud moved or the fire moved. And when the cloud moved and the fire moved, they followed the cloud and the fire. There was a presence of the Lord that was there that their whole job as priest was to create an atmosphere where the presence could come. That's their job. That's your job. Your job is to create, whether it's at home, at work, at church, But especially in a corporate setting, it is to create an atmosphere where the presence comes. Because if the presence doesn't come, we can do this all day long, and it has no ability to do what God intends for it to do. It's only the presence of God that brings victory. Listen, this is what I really want to get you to understand. Hell is scared of God. every aspect of hell is scared of God if that's the case why are you scared of hell that's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. the only reason you can be scared of hell is if you know that you're not carrying the presence because you're trying to you're trying to fight hell in your own intellect in your own creativity in your own strength and you have no way of defeating hell because it is it's it's, it's wise as a serpent. It's cunning. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. It's his native tongue. He's, he, 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 he's just going to confuse you. He brings division and confusion. And so if you try to do it in your own strength, you're just going to be divided and confused. And I see the church in that condition, and the reason the church is in that condition is they haven't learned that their whole, their sole duty is to create an atmosphere that the presence can come, and they, they don't move until the presence gives them the word to move, that, that we can come into this this, this. This relationship with the Holy Spirit that is intimate and we can hear God. Did you know that the scripture tells us that without prophetic vision, without God's prophetic vision for your life, in other words, without you hearing directly from God about the vision he has for you, you will perish. Yeah, right. And when we try to operate without the presence. You know, the church, <laughs> oh my goodness, the church uh, started out, you know, it's the universal church, it's called the Catholic Church, Then it's the Church of England. And the whole Church of England, their whole their whole deal was to keep the word of God out of your hands and out of my hands, out of the people's hands and and so the priests were the ones who who are the only ones who could have the scripture and it was actually written in a language that nobody else spoke. So so they, unless you understood that language or was fluent in that language, you couldn't even read it anyway. When there was a dude that came up and he, had a, he, he was given a, a, a vision at night to create the printing press, and he created the printing press so he could, he could put Bibles in English and distribute them and get them in human hands. And so all, all those things happened. And, and, of course, you had the Protestant Reformation. Now, in the Protestant Reformation, you know, he puts the thesis on the door. Wow. And from then on, all they're concerned about is getting the Word of God into the hands of the people, right? And so church became this place where you tried to get the Word of God in the hands of people. And what they would do is they'd take old bar songs and they would would take the tunes of these bar songs and they would put the Word of God into these tunes so you could memorize it easier. Because the word of God still wasn't in the hand, you know, wasn't widespread. There wasn't a lot of printed material that you could actually read. So they made songs out of this. And they would come together congregationally singing the songs. And that was, and that was, and then they would teach the word. And and that's what church has been about ever since the Protestant Reformation. And the truth of the matter is, now what we have is a Joel generation that's trying to please the people in church. Trying to communicate well and have a great show when God never intended for church to be that at all. God intended a whole group of priests to come in and prepare a place where His presence could come so that He could bring healing. Isn't that interesting? We really messed that up. (laughs) Now, you know, we're trying to do that. You know, there's this, there's this great, you know, this great place where we have to come together and do this. But one of the things that we're, we're, and sometimes we do well, and sometimes we don't. We, we kind of did a little little bit today, and sometimes it's difficult. But we got to get better. Is that if I don't teach you how to pray? I hadn't taught you anything. If you can come to this church for any length of time and you can't pray for your brother or sister or you can't pray for somebody at work or you can't pray for a relative, I hadn't taught you anything. Because if you don't know how to have conversation with God, you don't have a chance of getting His presence to come into your life. And, and, we, and we, put these, we put these barriers in our lives that keep us from actually being able to do what God created us to do and that was to bring us into relationship in the Trinity as a priest. And so today as I go through my notes which I haven't used yet <laughs> you are a priest. So if you are a priest and God calls you a priest, would you like to know what the requirements of a priest are by God? Not by the preacher, not by church, not by denomination, but what are God's expectations of a priest? Let's let's look at that. The first thing is that, that that we have to understand that Jesus was our great high priest, and so he lets us in. And so after that, and all the other priests, what they did was they 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 break sacrifices, and they 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 handled and cared for the the candles and the showbread. They made sure everything was in place, and they did all their deal. They also uh, made sure that everybody uh, was aligned with the Father. You know what's really interesting is God has always been. Looking for people who would just agree with him. You know, it's not—it's not like this 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 big uh, this uh, uh, religious movement. It's just, would somebody please agree with me? That's what God said. Would, would you agree with me? You know, what's interesting to me is he takes the Ten Commandments and he puts them in the Ark of the Covenant and. That It covers it with the mercy seat, which, which you see the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in those three things. The Father, the Word, the Spirit, the Presence is always with the Ark. You see that? But it's called God's testimony. It's called God's testimony. And, and, and we're to serve and create an atmosphere that God's the testimony of God can be made famous. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus is our high priest and and we as believers are to serve God in that and how do we do that? Well, we have to sacrifice and today the believer has to sacrifice his body. The sacrifices of the believer are his body. In Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, when we say our body, we have to understand that uh, being born again has been sold short too. You know, just, just say these words, but Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, follow me. Do as I do. Agree with me, Jesus says. But in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, uh, Paul writes this, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, separated out for service. And that'll be well-pleasing to God. And that is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship that you offer yourself a sacrifice to God. How well are you doing? How well are you doing? If I, if I ask myself, you know, Liz, sometimes when I, when I, when I show out, which is occasionally, not, you know, not, doesn't happen all the time. But every now and again, I'll show out and my wife will say, now, Pastor Alex, that's the corrective tone. Pastor Alex. And, 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 that, and that says, are you acting like Jesus? And I have to say, no. <laughs> so I'm saying this to say, I'm asking the questions too. How well am I doing this? Because that's what the Word of God is for, is to help us understand those things. Look at it, it says in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, Pamela, this age, fashioned after and adopted to external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Agree with God by its new ideals and its new attitude. Have an attitude of God. Christians should have God's attitude. You think he's scared? You think he's fearful? You think he's insecure? <laughs> you think he's hopeless? You think he's discouraged? Interesting. There's an attitude that God God has that we can have too if we're in his presence. And it says we are to have that attitude so that we, Pastor Alex and Eastside Church, may prove to ourselves, for ourselves, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Look to the person to your right and to your left and tell them you can walk in the perfect will of God. Now I ask two other people, do you really believe that or is that just a bunch of preachy junk? (laughs) Because it has to be true even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. You could do the thing that is perfect in His sight for you. But you can't do it without His presence. So you're called to sacrifice yourself to serve the Lord. Your, your, uh, your sacrifice as a believer are also the praise to God. In Hebrews 13, 14, and 15, says, For here we have no permanent city, But we are looking for the one which is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name, that give Him glory. And so we have to sacrifice our body, we have to sacrifice praise, and as a believer we have to sacrifice our testimony and our substance to him in service. In other words, we have to serve him uh, by giving our our testimony. Our testimony has to become our our service to the Lord. That's how how we make him famous. You know, how many people in here have been healed by the Lord? How you make his name famous is when we sing songs to him, we are reminded of how he's healed us. How, how many in here have gotten saved by the Lord? Okay. So we have a testimony there. Do, do you, do you, have you seen God's hand in provision? Have you seen God's hand in provision in your life ever? Yes. And that's the testimony of the Lord. Wendy, I used you in the first service. I'm going to use you again in the second service. You, you were healed of lupus. What a testimony. You, you, you know addiction is getting broken in your family because people are coming to Jesus you know that, that's what he does that's what the presence does and so it's our testimony as, a, as, as our substance in service to God Romans chapter 12 verse 9 through 18 says it like this let love be without hypocrisy this is your testimony abhor what is evil cling to what is good Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continually steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving a hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and don't curse them. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So so when we think about the priestly duty, we have to understand that it's not about man. It's about God. It's about serving God. And so we have a sacrifice of our body, a sacrifice of praise and a sacrifice of service to God. In that in that time where the priest goes in in that time where the priest goes in he walks into the holy of holies and he sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat. What's he doing? The first thing he's doing is he's bringing a sacrifice for himself. The second thing he's doing is he's bringing a sacrifice for all the other people. He is interceding for other people. This is a tough question. If you're a priest and you're called, you're a special person, you're called to lay down your life to God, you're called to serve the Lord, you're you're called to sing praise of of your testimony to God in Thanksgiving. When When you're singing to the Lord it should be your testimony of His deliverance in your life. And you're, and you're doing that to the Lord, you also need to take in mind that God is depending on you to make intercession for everybody around you. In other words, the people around you are dependent on you to, to, to go before the Lord for them. You have the ability to bring the presence on their life. You can intercede for everybody that you know. How many people do you know have really horrible marriages? I didn't say in the church. I just said people. (laughs) As a priest, your job is to intercede for them. So that you can bring the presence, you can change the atmosphere that allows the presence of God to begin to do something. You can begin to speak that over the lives of those around you. Somebody prayed for your family. That's right. That's right. Somebody started praying for your family. Somebody prayed for you. You had a grandmama or aunt or uncle or, or a friend that prayed for you. I had a buddy of mine one time that got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. The Lord woke him up and said, I want you to pray for this family. And he said, Okay, I'll pray for the van. He says, call him. The Lord says, call him. He says, It's three in the morning. These were two supervisors up. Some of you may have heard this story. Two supervisors up. He said, I want you to call him. It's three in the morning. He said, I want you to call him. He he argued with God for about 30 minutes, so it was 3:30 in the morning. <laughs> when he called. And they said, they answered the phone and said, hello. He said, man, I know this is crazy, but I was in prayer and the Lord told me to call you. He said, man, I'm so glad you did. My wife and I are kneeling beside the bed trying to receive Christ. And we don't know how. Oh <laughs> you know, people need us to be doing that kind of stuff. So that the glory of the Lord can come. You know, all this stuff happened in the Old Testament so that the presence would come. And, the, and the, every ite in the region <laughs> was scared to death when the presence of the Lord was with the Israelites. When the presence of the Lord is with you, the enemy is scared to death. You're going to make everybody around you nervous when you carry the presence. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't always carry the presence. Thankfully, oftentimes, I get the presence when I'm in the pulpit. And I thank the Lord first service for that. I was like, Lord, thank you for being with me. Thank you for giving me messages. Thank you for for being me. And I don't make a fool of myself because I certainly could. Well, sometimes I do anyway. But but sometimes when I'm out there, I, I don't do such a great job. And the Spirit of God is in me. I know that. But I, there's a place of preparation and worship that I have to walk in to carry the presence. Right. And the Spirit of God it can be upon me. Let, me. let me say this, and I said it the first service, I really want to say it and I want to say it strongly and boldly because and, I really want to challenge you. There's nowhere in Scripture where anybody came into the presence of God and didn't know it. And we have churches all over the place that say, you know, you don't have to feel, you don't have to know. If you, All you have to do is say these words and the Holy Spirit, you've got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to need. And I go, and myself, i want to put my fingers over my face and I go, no. I, sh- I, sh- I just don't see that in Scripture. I see in Scripture where where people are face-to-face with the presence of God and they say to the Lord, behold, I am a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. All of a sudden, the the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize you're not like Him. And how much more you've got. And so so there's this, the, the presence of God there's no way to walk in the presence of God without you being transformed. Amen. The presence of God transforms every person that comes in contact with Him. That's right. and, and, and it leads and it guides and it gives creativity and it gives instruction and it gives victory. There's so many places in Scripture. So many places. In Zechariah. It's is places in Ezekiel. There's a place where it talks about a river. And it's described as walking in the river to your ankles and it's the spirit and then your knees and walking to the knees and you know, your knees in the spirit and then your waist in the spirit and then over your head in the spirit. And it says about the spirit in that, in that situation that everything the spirit touches prospers. Everything that it touches bears fruit. You see, God is going to bear fruit. He's going to bear fruit in your life. He wants to. He he designed everything so that you could be in relationship with the Trinity. He calls you a special people, a a holy priesthood. He calls you that so that you can be in relationship with him, so that you can bring everywhere you go, you bring the presence, and everything changes. Do you believe that about yourself? You've got to start walking in, in, in the idea that I've got to worship God to such a degree that I create an atmosphere that his presence can come. You can't manipulate God. A drum set can't bring the presence. JP's wobbling hand can't bring the presence. Right? right? You, you can't manipulate that. You can stir up emotion But you can't bring the presence because when the presence comes, people get changed. When the presence comes, people get healed. When the presence comes, marriages are brought back together. When the presence comes, deliverance happens. When the presence comes, lupus is healed. A heart grows a new artery. I don't know what your story is, but the presence of the Lord brings incredible change. And God's call on you is a priest to serve in a capacity that brings the presence. I've called you out. You're a special people, a holy generation called to serve God as a priest. How well are we doing? Well, the first thing we got to do is recognize, and we do as a church, and we're trying to get better. The pastor's trying to get better. Is We're trying to understand that church isn't for the people, church is for the God. We're here to worship Him. We're here to testify His goodness. We're here to give glory to His name. We're here to lift Him up. We're here to establish a place where the presence can come so whoever you bring gets healed. And touched by God. That's what we want to be about. And then we want to love each other and care for each other. Let the Spirit of God, because of the presence is on us, speak life into people and speak, speak truth and and challenge wrong thinking. You know, you need to be challenging your family and and, and your church family when 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 we're we're saying, you know, I just I, I've lost hope. Where'd God go? Did you lose God? I saw him in the back room just a little bit earlier. Because he's your hope. You don't have hope unless you have him. So, so if you don't have him, you've got to go get him. you need to fast? you need to pray? you need to put sackcloth and that? You know? What do you need to do? You need to worship your God. You need to pursue your God. Not for your benefit, not for my, 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 but for you, you, you. God, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. You're a great God. You're a great God. You're a great God. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Give me wisdom. Give me vision. Show me what to do. When you move, I want to move. I'm not moving till you move, but I know you need to move. So let me know when you're moving because I want to do your perfect will. And I know you can give it to me. And I know if you don't, then I'm going to perish. Right here. I'm depending on you. See, the church really needs to get serious about this. This is church. Church is not a great communicator and a good band. All created so the people can be entertained. The church is, if it's the church that God wants, is a group of people who, who believe Him and want to align with Him so that he can be who he is and it penetrate everybody that comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. How well are you doing? Do, do you, you know, the reason that we have Sundays and Sabbath is so that we can adjust. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I've been adjusted. It was a, <laughs> This week was an adjustment. So I hope and pray that God will let you know that everything He's done has been so that you can be in relationship as a priest to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that you are a priest, a chosen generation, a special person to serve your God so that His presence can change the world around you. I'm going to get you to bow your heads. I'm going to get you not to look up at me And The reason i am being is I want to hear, I want every hand to go up that says, "You know, pastor, I really want to believe that, but I don't believe that worth a flip. I want to see your hand right now. I don't know if I believe God wants to do that in my life. Or I, I have a hard time hard, I have a hard time believing that about me. Raise your hand. There's got to be a hundred. There finally, I mean there ought to be about 50 because you know there's more, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there, there's a place that we have to get to that says man God really does want to do this. This is really true. And I, and to be honest with you my motivation has been something that that hadn't been great towards God so that he could even do this kind of stuff. Does anybody else feel that way? I mean, my attitude and my motivation hadn't even been at a place where God even do this kind of stuff through me. or my attitude's been so bad, nobody sees Jesus in me. Anybody like that? Nobody. Ah, we got somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) And God says, hey, you know what? I've already sprinkled the blood on the on the altar. You don't have to be forgiven. You just have to be in service. You just got to realize that I want to speak to you. You got to align yourself with me. You got to agree with me again. So I think that's our prayer this morning. Father, I just want to agree with you again. Would anybody say that? Would anybody say that? If that's you, just raise your hand. Father, I just want to agree with you again. Yeah, all over. Yeah, Father, I just want to agree with you again. Father, it's so hard to keep the world's thinking out of my head. It's hard to keep the world's thinking out of my heart. I love David. This doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the service (laughs) or the message outside of the fact that this this is just a human being realizing where they are. This is Psalm 139. Let's read this. Let's think about our culture. You know, I don't know where you are politically, but I'm not a political person, and I certainly don't want to do it from the pulpit. But there's one issue that is, is, that is really strong uh, that I hope, regardless of which aisle you sit on, Republican or Democratic, that you would encourage those involved that, that abortion is not of God. Uh, And any way of thinking that would justify that uh, needs to really be brought into question with the word and that's what I'm about to read because the Lord knew you I'm looking for one of our pregnant women Uh, there we go, there we go, stand up let's see say look look at that that's amazingly good you know the lord knows the lord knows already he's got a plan it's not an accident i know y'all know it's not an accident (laughs) good job brother good job I mean when you start thinking about this kind of stuff, listen to this. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you've known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. There's nothing you think. There's nothing you say. There's nothing you can do. You're my head. You have hedged me behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain all of it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold... You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but, you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you for you form my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb (laughs) I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works oh God and that my soul knows very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when I was yet there, when I was yet there were none of How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. (laughs) I love David. Oh, my gosh, that's so intimate and so wonderful. Kill all that people that I don't like, uh, don't like me. You go get them, Lord. You get them on my behalf. You gotta love him, you know. (laughs) Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred, (laughs) whatever that looks like. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Amen? That's what he wants to do to all of us. Father, let that be in Jesus' name.